0: The roommates of a refugee bludgeoned to death in an Australian-run detention centre on Manus Island nine years ago will not stop fighting for justice. The Australian government has finally recognised the suffering and misery inflicted on Reza Barati's family by reaching a confidential settlement. But Reza's friend, Benham sattar who witnessed Mr Barati's murder, told Lydia Lewis it doesn't go far enough.
1: Actually, I am very sad that... This is confidential. They are not publishing it to people know what happened. You know, we need to know what settlement they reached on. Uh, because it wasn't just Reza. We had more than 200 other people who were injured at that night, with 77 of them just were admitted to the hospital. We, we, you know, it wasn't just Reza. You know, one guy was shot. One guy lost his eyes, That his eye that is still in Australia suffering. Other people... You know, uh, I, am, I know I am, very, I am very aware of Australian brutality about trying to wash their hands off the crimes they do in other places. But it is, uh, Reza's case is not something that can be, you know, wiped out of the history. We will, I will follow it up. As a person who testified in court and risked his life and got many threats to be killed to not to go to court, I will say not for Reza, for other people I will follow up
0: what happened to reza
1: actually he was murdered by expatriate and locals at our d- doorway in ma6 room number or room number was 12 and he was you know he was escaping from uh, the uh, telephone room because when the, we, we, they attacked us and started shooting reza was in the telephone room he went there to call for help but unfortunately they got him on the stairs and You know, first, uh, Joshua, who who is on the run at the moment, he was, you know, just in jail, like, for three years, and after he escaped. But, uh, you know, Louis, he did his time. Uh, So Joshua beat him in the head, and when he fell down, the Australian expatriates, you know, started, you know, kicking him in the head with their boots, and not the one, you know, kicking him in the like body. Everyone was aiming for his head. And uh, after, you know, like 15, I gave all their names and, I, I, you know, details. Because I was interpreting in the months before for all this security, I would know all of them. I have, been interp- I have been dealing with securities for many months before that. And because there was not much people who spoke English, it had to be me and I knew all of them. But 15, 15 you know... Uh, uh, people attacked Reza and beat him in the head, but it was just two, only two locals who were charged for it. And Australian uh, officers, two of them that I identified in camp after, you know, when Wilson took over uh, from G4S, they came back and working actually in the camp.
0: Now, I just want to talk a little bit about Reza. I want to know who he was to you, what kind of person he was and how you remember him.
1: Actually, Raza was my best friend, my roommate, and a person that we we know uh, we get to know each other in uh, Indonesia, and we were like about uh, two weeks or more than three weeks in the same, you know, uh, hiding place in Indonesia, and uh, you know we were from the same language background. You know, we were both Iranian and both Kurdish Iranian and uh during the time in indonesia i got to know him and he was such a nice guy he was very like a giant person in you know in body but with a very uh you know beautiful heart that always during the time in camp he was doing his best to motivate others to you know uh, take people to gym and you know he was a, a bodybuilder and he was Teaching others, But for me, he was like my best friend and a brother to me. We were so close. I was teaching him English. In, I had English classes. I was running English classes in camp. But for Reza, I was, you know, teaching him in a room every day, one to two hours and, you know, practicing with him English. And uh, it was very unfortunate that, you know, he was uh, murdered in that, you know, February attack.
0: You say you knew the guards who knew their faces, and you even identified New Zealand expatriates that you say were involved, but only two people, not New Zealanders, not Australians, were prosecuted. What's your message to the New Zealand government?
1: Actually, you know, for the New Zealand government, I uh, I personally don't have any problem with the new the government, but these people who New Zealand, you know, sent to Australia and Australia want them to beat up, and uh, murder my roommate. I would like to the New Zealand government to bring these people to the court and ask them if you are a New Zealander, how would you, how did you contribute in a murder, that Australia wanted you to do, you know, how could you beat? Uh, a refugee that is underground in the head with your boots, and you see that blood is coming out of his head. You know, blood like is like showering from his face. You know, I don't know who broke his nose, that he did all his anger on Reza's and uh, he was beating him. Uh, put uh, you know with his boots on his head. I would love that New Zealand government could bring at least justice, at least. Couple questions from this guy. Why uh, did you murder a person? You know, murdering that person. The is gone for since 2014. You know, he had, he was 23 years old. He had lots of uh, you know hopes and wishes to to achieve, but uh, he was deprived of it because an Australian and uh, New Zealand expatriates, and that's a very big shame.
0: After everything that you've been through and still are, what would bring you peace, if anything?
1: Actually, the real peace, nothing, because I have already lost like seven years of being in detention and three or more years, which I could, you know, in this time I shouldn't have been dealing with, you know, PTSD in France. I should have been able to, you know, get on with my life. It's uh, ten years that I lost, with nothing can brings it back. But what uh, that can, like, ideally, makes me a little happy is the, you know, the life of these people who were tortured by Australian government. These around three thousand people who were sent to offshores in Manusa, and Nauru. If I see they are happy in their life, I will be happy. But unfortunately, all majority of them are suffering, no matter in U.S., in Australia or New Zealand or Canada or in Europe. I am in contact with majority of them. They are suffering mentally. Many are suffering physically as well, but mean, there is no exception in the mental problems that everyone is facing now. You know, there are people in U.S. that from us that they are sleeping in the streets, you know, in uh, Papua New Guinea, there is still like 70 people left there, that every day, you know, life for them is a torture. You know, they are just, you know, trying to get to another day. A day that I see all these people can, you know, get on their love that will bring me uh, peace.
0: RNZ Pacific has contacted both the New Zealand and Australian governments for comments. New Zealand's Foreign Affairs Ministry is yet to respond. A spokesperson for Australia's Home Affairs Department says... The department does not comment on the details of confidential legal settlements.